You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 196, Creating Back-to-School Routines for a Smooth Transition. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Close your eyes and envision your ideal morning with your children. Would you get up before them or wait for them to crawl into bed with you? What routines would you have in place to limit chaos and contention? Now work backwards and envision step-by-step what you would need to do the night before in order to make your ideal morning a possibility. If this seems like a far-off dream, I get it. Mornings are some of the hardest times in our house, and I am too embarrassed to tell you how many tardies my children had last school year. But today's guest has given me hope that our home and our routines can be much more organized this upcoming school year. This is an encore episode from several years ago with my dear friend, Mika Perry. Mika is a former professional organizer turned online educator and mom of three girls. And by way of update, since this episode originally aired, Mika has taken a big step back from the online world so she can be more present with her family. She no longer posts to Instagram, but her amazing content is still available there as an archive of ideas you can look up, and you can still learn from her via her blog and online courses. She has so many tips for a more calm, intentional, and peaceful life, and I respect her so much for living true to her values and stepping away from social media when it no longer felt aligned. Today's Encore episode is so timely as a lot of our kids are returning to in-person school soon, but whatever kind of schooling you choose to do with your family, I know you will find Mika's tips for creating routines super motivating. Before we dive into the episode, I have a couple of announcements. First, you've heard about my new mini course, right? I created this course for moms who are feeling burned out on motherhood and want to recapture their joy. If you've listened to 3 and 30 for a while, you may know my story. I battled years of infertility before my kids were born, and during that time, I dreamed about how blissful motherhood would be and promised myself that I would love every minute. Well, when those miracle babies arrived, lo and behold, motherhood was so hard and I was so discouraged. I loved my children desperately, but I didn't love motherhood all the time, and that made me feel tremendously guilty. Over the past almost 10 years, I've worked hard to find tools to help me redefine what success and joy in motherhood actually look like, and I've put the very best of what I've learned into this free mini course because I want every mom to have these strategies in her toolbox. During this week-long email course, I'll send you one lesson each day, which will take less than 10 minutes to read, and will include a worksheet or a few reflection questions to help you actually apply what you're learning. I've created it to be brief and super impactful because I know how busy you are, and you can access it for free at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash learn. I will link that in the show notes, and I hope you will check it out. I'd also like to thank this month's amazing sponsors, jane.com and befitting.com. Let's start with Jane, an online boutique marketplace with over 400 new deals every day on beautiful clothing, home decor, and more for the whole family. It brings together the best of big brands and small family-run shops to give customers a wide variety of offerings at amazing prices. I was so excited to hear from a mom in the 3 and 30 community named Lizzie, who has sold her handmade products via Jane for several years and has had a great experience. 
Jane.com is a great way for small shops like hers to get the word out about their products to a bigger audience. And Lizzie told me that Jane has a selective application process for their sellers to ensure that everything that's showcased on their site is good quality and on trend. She was also thrilled to get some mentoring and training from them on how to price her products, grow her reach, and make more money for her family. It makes me super happy to think that by shopping at Jane.com, I'm supporting small businesses, possibly even 3 and 30 listeners. And speaking of, if you're a listener who has experience with selling products through Jane.com, I would love to hear from you about your experience. It's always important to me that I have a personal connection with the brands who sponsor the show. To get started shopping with Jane.com, you can check out the page of deals that I chose just for our community at Jane.com slash 3 and 30. That's Jane.com slash 3 and 30. Next up, we have Befitting, an online retailer of premium prescription eyewear. Something I love about Befitting is that you can get personalized recommendations through their website. No appointment necessary. They show you several different styles of glasses that you can give a thumbs up or thumbs down to. Then you take a couple of photos right there through the website, and they provide you with several recommendations for frames that would look amazing on you. Befitting combines the skill of a seasoned stylist with technology to provide you with personalized frame recommendations that suit your unique look and style. It all really only takes a few minutes, and new glasses can be on their way to you. I recently ordered a new pair of prescription sunglasses from them, and I was amazed by the seamless process and high-quality product. Befitting has a large selection of prescription glasses for women, men, and children. They also have non-prescription glasses if you just like the look, as well as blue light glasses to protect your eyes from the fatigue of all of the screens that we often look at in our modern world. You can go to befitting.com to learn more, and don't forget to use the code 3in30OFFER for 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. Please note this offer excludes Ray-Ban and Oakley, but there are dozens of other options you can choose from. So go to befitting, that's B-E-F-I-T-T-I-N-G.com and use the code 3in30OFFER. Now let's get to it. This is creating back to school routines for a smooth transition. Here we go. Mika, welcome to 3in30. Thank you, Rachel. It's so good to be back. It's so good to have you back, and I've been waiting for this episode for a long time, so <laughs> I'm ready for you to teach me how to make this school year a little less chaotic and more calm in the Nielsen house. Absolutely, and what is funny is that when I first started listening to your podcast, just as like a fun exercise, I had a notebook with me, and I thought to myself, what would be my episode? on three and 30. If I were to go on, because I loved your podcast. I wasn't friends with you at the time. I didn't know you yet. We hadn't connected. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, huh, if I went on a podcast like this, what would my episode be about? And it was right around the time of summer. We were just ending our trip. And I thought, you know, what are the three things for back to school organization? How can moms have a little bit more calm, a little bit more peace and feel a little bit more put together for the school year ahead? So I'm really glad that it's actually happening. I manifested it. Yeah. (laughs) You did. And that was about a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. And we hadn't, we'd maybe talked once or twice on Instagram at that point. But since then, we've become really good friends, which is so cool that what a year can bring. Honestly, it's so great. 
Well, today I wanted to share about organization. And I know there's so much inspiration and thoughts around it. Some people Mm -hmm. can relate to being a fan of organization and they love, you know, doing it as a practice in their life. And others are overwhelmed by it. And they believe, well, I'm not an organized person. This can't happen to me. And what really fuels me and motivates me in my online work, whether it's the podcast or the blog, is that there are really simple little things that anyone can do and just really easy, quick mindset shifts that you can kind of go through and practice in your life that'll turn it around. And organization, I want it to be something that is attainable and enjoyable and positive for everyone. So you're saying I can do it. I'm saying you can do it, Rachel. And here's (laughs) one thing that I will say is that although I relate more to the group that just has always liked being organized, uh, whether physically or with my time, it's something that I can think about doing even as a a kid. Um, But when I became a newlywed, when I got married and started sharing a home with someone else, and then when I especially became a mom, and then when I was working full time, I got disorganized. And I realized that I needed to be intentional and I need to really think about putting some things into place to help me to not be overwhelmed. So even though it came naturally to me, you still have to take that step and kind of take action to create that momentum. Yeah. And different stages of your life, you're going to need to have different systems going that it doesn't ne- just it doesn't necessarily transfer from one stage to the next. You kind of have to reevaluate. You do. You do. And, it, and it morphs and changes and and adjusts. And it's and, uh, and it's a flexible thing. You know, it's not set in stone. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear your three takeaways, particularly for back to school. Yes. All right. So my first takeaway is create calm mornings with a solid night routine. Now, I know morning routines, you know, you see a lot out there. I'm a huge believer and a practicer of uh, a set morning routine. And there's a lot of light on morning routine, but I want to bring in a little secret weapon of a night routine because I really believe the key to a good morning routine or just a good morning in general, that's not crazy, (laughs) is your night routine. And so rather than scrolling on social, which I'm still guilty of, or, you know, or watching a show or something, I would say, okay, let me take a little bit of time here. And what can I do to help me in the morning? So yeah, Mm. it's about giving you that space. Yeah. So then what kinds of things do you do the night before to prep, particularly for back to school season? What do you do the night before? Okay. Actually, for back to school, it doesn't change too much for me. So some of the things that I do is prepping everyone's water bottles and putting them in the fridge. This is such a small step that I have started doing or I started doing a couple of years ago that it just gave me a peace of mind that it was one less thing to do just putting the water in there and putting it in the fridge, Um, setting out lunch boxes and backpacks. I set the table for breakfast the night before. Um, I put my coffee cup and my Nespresso pods on the counter next to the Nespresso machine. I check my daughter's dance bag for the next day. I love 
diffusing essential oils. I'm all about a good home fragrance. And what I do is I go around and I fill all the diffusers just with water around the house um, so that in the morning, all I have to do is add my essential oils and I can easily turn them on. Um, And then I take whatever I need to take out the door with me. The next day, I just place them by the door. So sometimes I have mail. Sometimes I have returns. um, Sometimes I have gifts. I have a little place, you know, in my mudroom area and I just set it right there. So what I encourage, you know, as you're thinking about this is to think of all the typical routine things that you and your family need every day and just prepare them the night before. And I can honestly say that my mornings in my house are pretty calm and peaceful. Um, and it's because of this preparation. Yeah. And I, I mean, I totally resonate with this as it's something that I want to do and sometimes Mm do. And when I do it, mornings go so much more smoothly. Um, in fact, yesterday morning, I had not done this the night before and had to get my kids to a summer camp in the morning. And it ended with me sort of having a meltdown, a mom tantrum about nobody ever helps me. And I'm like trying to get everything and I'm yelling at my kids and we were 10 minutes late to camp. So that was a little wake up call for me. Like when I have those meltdowns, I'm like, okay, Rachel, you need to take responsibility and get some stuff prepped the night before so that every morning doesn't feel like this. So I did it last night and today went so much better. So there's a little testimonial. Um, And for me, it's less like, I feel like you're far down the road of doing this. So you maybe do like your essential oils and things or things you've maybe added with Mm -hmm. time, I'm guessing. But like for me, I'm like just getting the backpacks packed and the lunches packed is what is what all I can handle right now. And that's enough, you know, totally, totally enough. And sometimes that's all you can do, but it's like even just the water bottles, but just that one thing done empowers you and takes just one little stressor away, um, Mm. in your day. And I think there's two ways you can kind of set up your night routine is one, you can do that. You can just say, you know what, I'm going to start this back to school season with one thing I'm going to prepare the night before. And And that will get you to results, just like you said, you know, but also you can do it a different way, which is to like even close your eyes and envision your ideal like morning and what kind of space and what would be done and then work kind of backwards. Okay, what did you not have to worry about? What did you not have to take care of? Um, And what were you able to do instead? And then write all that down and then try to maybe practice it all. Because instead of taking it one step at a time, some people work really well with trying to just do the whole thing. Because then instead of getting one thing done, they may be able to get three things done that first try, that first Mm. night or morning. And sometimes doing it all it's such a dramatic difference that you can actually feel the difference. And then you're like, okay, now I, now I want to keep this up because it felt so good. You know, I love the idea of visualizing it. That's something that my counselor has me do a lot is visualize, Mm -hmm. visualize how I want, whatever it might be, like visualize your morning, how you want it to go or visualize how you want that presentation to go. And that there's real power in that. And I've actually I didn't remember this until you were said that about visualization, but I've actually written it out before. Like I wake up in the morning and Mm I, and I, you know, kneel by the bed and pray. And then I go and I get a glass of water and I am like writing it as if it's happening. And then I read over it and remind myself. But for me, 
like just writing it that one time hasn't been enough to change me. Sure. But if I reread that all the time and really committed to it, I'm sure that it would really help me to envision my evening or my morning and the way that I want it to go. Yes. So one question that I had with these night routines, I have every intention of doing them. But by the end of the day, sometimes I'm so exhausted after being a mom all day that I just can't even like I can't. (laughs) So what suggestions do you have for systems or routines or maintaining your energy so that you can do these things at the end of the day? Knowing what the end result is to know what the benefit will be and keeping that in mind. Um, So kind of like getting over it and saying, you know what, I'm tired, but I'm going to do this because it's going to help myself and my family. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's important to me. Um, And so I'm, I'm tired too. And there's nights that I don't want to do these things. But what really helps me to kind of get in that mode has been to start with the same thing every night. And it kind Mm -hmm. of becomes ritualistic. And it signals like the start of my night routine. Um, it starts that process. So for me, it's actually putting that mug on the Nespresso machine and putting the two pods next to it. Then after that, it's almost like this very habitual ritual routine and like, okay, next I go here and I do this. And then next I go here and I do that. And then now I do that. And it takes time to build that up, but not too long. I was able to incorporate and practice it pretty quickly. And that's really helped me. Yeah. Well, and I feel like um, once it's a routine, it doesn't require the same amount of energy and willpower mm-hmm. to do it. You just you just execute. Your, your body is kind of executing what you've already decided to do, you know? So that's a really great tip. And one thing that I have thought about as I've thought, you know, how I want more of these night routines is I think my husband and I need to divide and conquer mm-hmm. on, you know, bedtime drags out forever for us. We need to We need to hone that down and probably just one of us could put the kids to bed. Like right now, one of us is putting one kid to bed while the other one is. It's dragging out forever. Whereas if one of us was downstairs doing the night routine, getting the house picked up and everything, and the other was putting the kids to bed, just little tweaks like that. Thinking about like, how can you involve your spouse in this? What things can you do? Give your kids to do and prep the night before Um, to take responsibility for their own things and to get the family ready to go. These are all things that I've been thinking about as I've been contemplating heading into our new school year. Yeah, I think a super smart thing to do in anything in life is to delegate. So if you can do that within your family, I think that is a super smart move and it helps them practice too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what's your second takeaway? All right, second takeaway is to implement simple solutions for all the paper. And you're still a great mom if you throw it away. Now, (laughs) this takeaway comes from one of the biggest questions I get from my followers and listeners, which is, what do I do with all the paper the kids bring home? First Mm -hmm. of all, let me just say that as a former teacher, um, and you could probably relate to Rachel, we just have to send this paper home. Your teachers are not out to get you. (laughs) They know that, (laughs) you know, it, it might overwhelm you. But as a teacher... They want to make sure that you see everything and really what are they going to do with all of the things. So that's why everything your kid touches with a pencil, crayon, glue stick, whatever basically comes into your home. Um, Mm. But what I want the listener here to remember is that just because it's coming home doesn't mean there's some sort of sentimental value that lives on each piece. 
and that you need to hang on to it. Um, Mm -hmm. There is mom guilt and the what if around it associated with making the decision of what to do with all the paper that comes in after school. And when I get these questions, whether it's in my DM or in an email, um, I almost get a sense that these women are asking for permission to let go of it for me to say, Hmm. I throw it away and then say, oh, yay, good. I wanted to, but I wasn't sure. Um, (laughs) So what I want to stress here when it comes to paper or artwork um, and deciding what to keep and toss, kind of like that decision-making filter, is that I don't like having a hard rule on it. I think it's a personal decision And what makes really good organization is when it's customized to your specific needs. That's true in a closet or a pantry. And that's true with what you decide to keep and toss. There's very different, we all have different needs and priorities and emotional feelings around what is important to us and what isn't. Here are the ways that I kind of discern what to keep. Um, Again, these are not hard rules, but just thinking points, some thought work behind, you know, okay, what am I going to keep and and not? And this is what I used to advise clients when I'd go into their homes and I would just find mountains of, you know, pom-poms glued onto construction paper and every single thing that came back from preschool. Um, And it's to keep in Mm -hmm. mind, A, does it show a developmental or growth milestone? Is it, um, you know, they're writing that, that, you know, shows that they're growing and changing and learning. Um, does it have a handprint or photo? And another one is to, um, this is a little bit Marie Kondo, but does it spark joy when you see it? Um, so mm-hmm. does it, like I imagine it being like a little squeeze in your heart when you see that piece or does it make you laugh or does it make you like put your hand on your chest and just sigh out loud with love? Like, oh, this is so cute. Um, Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of maybe like the filter, the decision-making filter. Um, and then if yes, you do, those things do happen, then consider keeping it. But if not, then it's okay to toss it. And remember that a selection of curated items will be more interesting and special down the road. Because the reason why you're kind of keeping this is because you want to look back on it down the road um, as a memory with your kid as they as they grow. Um, a special selection is more important and interesting and special down the road than just a huge pile of everything that they've ever made. And so this mm. can apply to like memorabilias and tokens um, and things like your kid's artwork and schoolwork. And I feel like they're much more likely to actually go through it and look at it and love it if there's fewer Mm -hmm. things than if it's a mountain and they're overwhelmed and they're like, I'm not even touching that box of mementos. It's too much. Yes. It's just really overwhelming for everyone. It's been overwhelming for you to keep it all these years and then overwhelming when they start going through it. And then, you know, you Mm -hmm. unload it onto them and then they feel the guilt of, oh no, mom gave this to me. (laughs) Now what do I do? Um, So yeah, there's a lot of like guilt and what if around this piece. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So what is your system? All right. So my system, this is where I just keep it really simple. So I have one inbox, like a tray on my desk, and this is where all paper all week long goes. And that includes my kids' schoolwork and artwork. So you can kind of imagine this inbox starts to look a little crazy. Um, It doesn't get piled like really high, but it's definitely not 
organized. But I don't spend time organizing it because I don't have time every single day to do that. Um, I think one mistake sometimes moms can make is that they create a system that requires filing and categorizing an organization like on the front end at the moment that it comes into their home. And then it complicates things and then it's just not sustainable. So what I have is that I have one place in my house where paper can go. And it's helpful to know that because whether it's on this on this counter in the kitchen or this counter in the kitchen, or if there's a piece of paper on the floor by the front door, I just know it all goes into my office in this like paper pile. Um, so that's where it kind of lives and gets stored for the week. Then on the weekend, this is when I do make time for myself and I go through it. And then this is when I make the decision to keep or toss. And then I have bins in my cabinet right near that inbox labeled with their names and their age. And then the ones that do make the cut, so to speak, go in there. And then I do that for Mm. the whole year. We just wrapped up, you know, this past year at the end of May. And so when that happened, I close the lid to that. And then I have um, a closet where I have just all these same very inexpensive, clear, small, like almost like a large shoe bin, basically. It's it's really the size of a piece of paper. Um, and so I have all mm. those. And then as we've gone through the years, I consolidate them when I notice, okay, this, I don't need a whole box for just this one school year. Can I just make a preschool box? Um, and then it'll start getting smaller and smaller as you go. Hmm. So, um, at, at the end of that school year, you just put a lid mm-hmm. on it. It's like a, it's like a Tupperware, yep. Yep. a plastic yep. Tupper. You just put the lid on it and label the grade and put it like in their closet or your, your storage mm-hmm. spot that you have yes. for it. And then over time, if you want to consolidate them, so you're not ending up giving them 12 exactly. plus boxes exactly. at the end, then yeah. you can. Um, I love that. And I'm assuming that you have a set time every week when you go through it like it's part of your planning for the week or something so that actually happens so I have something called a week start checklist actually you can find a post all about it including the printable on my blog Um, but I have Mm -hmm. a pre-made checklist so it's one less thing to again like in a routine I don't have to remember what I need to do on the weekends Um, I have a checklist of what I need to do which includes going through that inbox Um, meal planning, cleaning out my wallet, cleaning my car, um, deleting old photos off of my phone. So just these like weekly things I can do that really helps me. And I call it week start because I, I don't consider it like wrapping up the week. I consider it kind of launching me into a good new week ahead. Mika, Mm -hmm. you are not normal. (laughs) (laughs) You are amazing. (laughs) When you said that, you're like, and I do the photos on my phone. I was like, wow, you are superhuman. It's like, it's super awesome that you yeah, do this. Yeah, but I still have a lot of photos on my phone. I'm, don't be, don't be fooled. Um, and there are weeks that I can't do that on the weekend. Um, so I, I can't do it. But the thing, it just reinforces the importance of those routines for me because I notice how the photos build up, how my wallet looks like a disaster. My car looks like a total mess because I didn't dedicate time towards it. Right. And I say that in the most oh, loving I way. I hope I you know. Because we're because <laughs> we're good friends, and I'm always like, "You're not normal. You have essential oils in your car, like diffusing in your car." I love it. It's you know, I aspire to have some of your organization. You're so sweet, but it's so easy and it's so good. Like I just want everyone to have this in their yeah. life, you know. 
Yes, I totally. And I I definitely want a piece of it. And I do have one system in my house. (laughs) I have one um, where when the kids walk in the door, I immediately go through their backpack and toss all the a lot of the crap right then. But even still then, like a lot of times there's some decisions that need to be made on some of the stuff that's not immediately tossable. Mm-hmm. And that's where my system breaks down because I don't really have a good inbox or place after that. And so you're inspiring me to add that yeah. in to my loose after school it's routine. It's so simple. It's just one place where everything lives. And I think that's really important to remember. And actually that leads to my third takeaway. And that Mm -hmm. is to create zones in your home to help eliminate decision fatigue and create predictability. So routines Mm -hmm. I want to emphasize are not about rigidity. It's not about being, you know, not spontaneous and being so strict with your life. It's actually about creating boundaries and creating flow in your home and in your life. And that alleviates the decision fatigue and overwhelm you can experience on a daily basis, especially as you go back to school. And there's so many meetings and things and things you have to buy and prepare and get ready and also get used to the new back to school year um, or the new school year ahead. Um, And and it's routines create the space for the things you love and that matter to you. And it's actually really freeing. I consider it as a freedom mm. in your life. You know, I read the book Essentialism a while ago, like years ago, and there's a line from it that I still remember years later. He said, build a routine that enshrines your essentials. Mm. And I love that verb enshrines. Like make sacred the things that really are the essentials that you want to bring into your life. It's like you said, it's it's incredibly freeing when you know that those things are built into your life. And no matter how crazy and busy it gets, those things will happen. Will happen. And family is important to me and my mental health is important to me. And um, having calmness mm. and peace, I want my kids to remember that and in their home. Mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, the ways that I do this, Um, you know, and I'm not always perfect. No one is. And that's really not what I'm trying to achieve. I consider, you know, organization is about being prepared. Um, It's not about perfection. Um, And it's interesting that you brought up a book, Rachel, because I have a there's a book called The Female Brain and by Dr. Luanne uh, Bryzantine. And it, she said that a sign of maternal thriving is predictability. And motherhood is mm. unpredictable as is, which I think if you're listening, you know, <laughs> you can come up with all the, <laughs> the examples of the unpredictableness of motherhood. And that is what throws us so many of us out of alignment and often in a tailspin that we feel like we can't quite recover from, like we're just half or one step or maybe 10 steps always behind. And so being mindful about being prepared and creating systems and smartly designing your schedule and home, again, not to perfection, but just into zones and kind of that enshrinement um, is a way Mm. for us as mothers to take away the chaos and to take control and to create more calm and peace and predictability in our motherhood. Mm, yes. So tell us about your zones that you have. So home zones. So these are physical zones. I have a homework station. 
This is in our kitchen because that's typically where we do homework, like many people. And I simply just have all the supplies I need for homework ready and available there. I even have the um, like a pencil sharpener and markers there and um, extra pieces of paper, lined paper, blank paper, whatever you need. It's all there. I also have, we designed a, it's not really a mudroom. It's like a hallway basically with some shelving and hooks. Um, and so that is a zone where I can always, like I mentioned, if I'm heading out the door the night before, this is where I place everything. Mm. I also have uh, chore boards. That is a zone where the kids can jump into that delegation and help out around the house. So um, those are prominent in our kitchen. I have three kids, so I have the three boards there. Um, if you want to see those chore boards, I, it was actually a DIY one, and I have the entire tutorial on the blog. Um, I also have a coffee and tea station. This section um, is very much um, a part of my morning and night routine. And it becomes kind of a ritual. I go to this drawer and this uh, cabinet area for coffee and tea. It's important to me. <laughs> I need that. And so, you know, whatever it may be, maybe it's a smoothie station. I also have, you know, I like to have a protein shake or make smoothies for my kids. And so I put some of the ingredients that I use for that um, on a shelf near the Vitamix blender. And then that is also designed near my freezer. So it's kind of all like right in a zone right there. Mm. Um, and so if you don't have you know, maybe you can't think of where you could put that in your home. Please don't think that it has to be this magnificent, large area and perfectly organized with, you know, Pinterest worthy, you know, a look to it. It can just be like a zone where you simply put your sunglasses every time. Or, you know, this countertop is where every night when I'm making the kids lunches or in the morning when I take the water bottles out, this is where I always place those items. So you just know. You don't have to think about mm. it. This is where it goes. Like you said, it eliminates the decision fatigue, which mm -hmm. is so huge for moms of and just the wasted time of not knowing where things are and trying to find them, <laughs> which yeah, is, yeah. yeah, if you just know things are always in these certain places, it can eliminate so much of that frustration as a mom. One question that I have with all of this, I hear it and I'm so inspired. I also do feel like it's doable. Mm -hmm. um, but where does someone start? Like if you feel like you're, you're starting from ground zero, you want to do it all, but maybe you know realistically you can't tackle zones mm -hmm. and a night routine and or paper organization like all in one day no. where, how do you decide where to start so that is a great question and it is one I get often when you know I asked on Instagram and on the podcast, what's your biggest organizational challenge? And hopefully you can find some comfort that, you know, maybe one of these describes you, but it's not having enough time and not knowing where to start. Um, being overwhelmed with setting up a system, where do I even start? What I suggest when you're overwhelmed is that just be simple about it and just start. I really like starting with a drawer in your home. Um, if you need to make a drawer for like lunch items or 
back to school clothes for like there's kids supplies anything like a drawer is a very small doable not overwhelming physical space that anyone can organize with very limited time and effort and products that you might even need to organize it it's not as overwhelming and I think you'll be surprised to find that if you tackle one drawer it might motivate you to uh, get on board with some more physical spaces please don't try to do all that in one day that's not what I'm suggesting but Pick one. If you were listening um, a couple minutes ago and one stood out to you, just try it. Just try it and then see if it sticks. And if it does, that's awesome. And if it doesn't, try something new. And I know from you, from the three takeaways you gave us today, the one that I'm going to start with is that night routine. Because mm. I really feel like that could have a domino effect on these other areas of my life too. If I simply have a consistent night routine, which will lead to a better morning, which leads to better everything mm-hmm. when those things are flowing more easily. Yes. And we cannot take care of our homes and our children and anything until we take care of ourselves. And that really does have a trickle effect. Yes. So could you recap our three takeaways for us? Absolutely. So the first takeaway is to create calm mornings with a solid night routine. Number two, implement simple solutions for all the paper, and you're still a good mom if you throw away your child's artwork. Number three, create zones in your home to help eliminate decision fatigue and create, and I'm going to add here, embrace predictability. Mm, Embrace it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I want to thank Mika for coming on because I think I may have been the one who needed this episode most of all. I can admit I am kind of a hot mess when it comes to systems and organization, but I love how Mika said that organization is not about perfection. It's about preparedness. That little mindset shift may make a huge difference for me and some of you. I also wanted to remind you before we close that I have a new mini course that is done at your own pace, all through email, called How to Love Motherhood as Much as You Love Your Children. It's free and you can sign up right now at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash learn. It's been so fun for me to see hundreds of you sign up over the past few weeks, and I can't wait to hear how it's impacting your lives. To wrap up, let's all choose one thing from this episode to implement during this back to school season with our families. I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a peaceful week with your family.